Repiloting can be intense. New people show up, regular shift roles, or even fall away. Season 9 of Scrubs, Zach Braff was only in the first six episodes. Welcome to Welcome to Storybrooke. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are here with episode two of season... Seven. Seven. Yes, A Pirate's Life. Oh boy. Although, honestly, I, I liked this episode way more than I was expecting to. Okay, I will admit I did too. I'm just annoyed on principle. I mean, we are two episodes into a reboot season, and we are already focusing on the old characters instead of developing the new stories. It's like, if you want to do a new show, let me see these new characters. Let me know what Victoria's backstory is like. Does she have some sort of reason behind her evil that I should sympathize with her? Or let me see how Cinderella and Henry got together. I know that's kind of the plot in this episode, but we don't even see Cinderella in the flashbacks. See, the thing is, last episode we were talking about how much we wanted to focus on the new characters, and this episode is better even though it's essentially just a postscript for the happy endings we got in, you know. It's basically it's basically the writers reassuring us that all the happy endings are actually sticking this time around. Oh, that's funny. I didn't see it that way. I saw it as the writers trying to explain the characters who came over, Hook and Regina, what their deal is. Well, but I guess you're right. They want us to know that it's okay. Hook and Emma... Spoilers for the end of this episode. Hook and Emma are still okay and together. Yeah, the whole point of this episode is explaining how Hook can be in the new curse and Emma can still have her happy ending. I feel like we, well, we talked about it a little last week, and we talked a little bit about it when they introduced the best Hook, old fat drunk Hook. Yes. So, I don't really think it's spoilers because we've talked about it multiple times at this point. Sure, right. The Hook in Hyperion Heights is wish first Hook, old fat drunk Hook, not... Hook Prime. Yes. So, as a reminder, uh, in the main timeline, current timeline, sure. Maybe, uh, Henry is an adult man. He's trapped in another curse, which has mystically created a neighborhood in Seattle called Hyperion Heights. Uh, the Regina figure in this uh, in this neighborhood is. Lady Tremaine, a.k.a. Victoria... Belfry. Belfry. As in bats in the... Yes. And Henry has forgotten his wife and daughter. He has forgotten they exist, but they are Cinderella and... Lucy. And Lucy, who is the Henry of this story. She's the one who knows about the curse and is trying to wake Henry up. Yes, that is the plot. Last episode, Henry got on Lucy and... Well... In the last episode, Henry got on Jacinda, Cinderella. Yeah, get it? Jacinda, Cinderella. Yeah, I mean... it. It's not... I actually kind of preferred when they were terrible pun names, and not just names that had similar sounds in them. Yeah, like Ashley was actually kind of clever. A- Ashley was very clever. Even Mary Margaret Blanchard is better. Regina Mills. Okay. I mean... They were cheesy, okay? But that's, like, the show's brand. Yeah, no, I mean, Mr. Gold. It's right on the nose. 
Yeah, Jacinda just seems kind of lazy. Yeah, it seems like they just got drunk and started repeating Cinderella until they were like, Jacinda. No shade on Jacinda as a name. By the way, it's a fine name. I just want the names to tie in together. Yeah, it would just be nice if it was a little more clever. Exactly. Not even clever if it was more punny. I just don't want anyone who actually has the name Jacinda to think I'm making fun of the name. That's a perfectly fine name. No, it's a perfectly fine name. It's just uh, they should have come up with something better. Exactly. Lisa Pumpkins. (laughs) No, I don't know. See, it's hard now that I'm trying to think of one. I know. It's a good thing nobody pays you to be a writer. Mm. They already used Ashley. Ashley was that was really clever of them. I was I was really good. Especially by the standards of this show. Anyway, as a reminder, uh, last episode, Jacinda got mad at Henry because Henry told Victoria Belfry where she was running with Lucy. And now Miss Belfry has full custody of Lucy because you can just declare full custody over someone and then you have it, I guess. Yeah, you don't have to take it to court or anything. Nope, you just go, I declare custody! And it is yours. Right, that makes sense. I mean, that's the way you declare bankruptcy. Bankruptcy! Yeah. And in the flashback, uh, Cinderella got framed for murdering the prince by Lady Germain. And she was supposed to meet Henry so that they could escape to the world without magic. She did not show up to the meeting place, but she did leave a glass slipper behind. Mm. So both in the past, we're assuming, both in fairy tale land and in the modern day, the episodes have sort of revolved around Lady Tremaine trying to get Henry out of a particular place. She just needs to back off. Henry does not want to get involved in this drama. She's the one sucking him in by making him feel like he needs to jump in and protect Jacinda slash Cinderella. Yes, he was trying to leave Hyperion Heights when you had your weird threatening conversation with him that convinced him that something was wrong. He was trying to leave this part of fairytale land when you had him kidnapped and beaten. I mean... What is your goal? You're very bad at achieving your aims. He's leaving, you have him kidnapped, you threaten him, and then you're like, you better leave because nothing's going on here that you want to get involved with. He was leaving. You could have done nothing. Now, to be fair, to be fair, we have not watched this season, so maybe she does want Henry to stay. Maybe Weaver... Mm-hmm. Mr. Gold Rumpelstiltskin, who exists in Hyperion Heights, is actually Wishverse Rumple, and he's the one who cast the Dark Curse to get over to the world without magic, and Victoria is the one who's secretly awake, and she's trying to get Henry to come over and break the curse. We don't know. Huh. There there are a lot of dangling Wishverse threads that could be picked up here. I mean, what if this is alternate Henry? It's, that would be weird. I, I still think alternate Henry should have been the big bad for this season, but... That would be amazing. He could be. Yeah. We literally do not know. I wonder how frustrating this is for our listeners who have watched season seven. It's probably pretty bad. Sorry, y'all. Well, I remember listening to the uh, What a Cartoon About Disenchantment and all of the theories they were coming up with for what happened in Disenchantment. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard. Or listening to the Gilmore guys do season seven of Gilmore Girls, which is basically exactly the same thing. They mm. did the postscript season of Gilmore Girls. So we open with Hook fighting someone. 
on the pirate ship many years ago in Storybrooke. Yes, on the Jolly Roger. And it seems very, very dramatic until the fight ends and we see that it is actually, oh, it's Henry. And I do like, and I do like the way they reveal it. They reveal it in a fashion corner worthy moment. What, where we see his shoes? Yeah, where the camera pans down and we see his vans. So we know that this is not actually happening with a fairy tale character. It's just, it's Henry. So Henry gets uh, his sword to Hook's throat and then Emma's like, good job, Henry. And he turns around and he's like, thanks, mom. And Hook knocks the sword out of his hand while he's distracted. And he's like, haha, see, I actually won. Okay, but you were done. You were done. The fight was over. Henry kind of storms off a little bit. He's like, ah, fuck you, Hook, and storms off and looks like, oh, what's his issue? Teenagerness? I mean, maybe he just doesn't like you cheating. It's not fair. Well, and I know, like, fighting's not fair, but there has to be some agreed upon rules of engagement when you're dealing with someone that you are supposed to trust, like your stepfather. And presumably the fight was over at this point like he just needed to prove that he could have killed you right and this isn't like oh see if you take your eyes off your opponent the way you take your eyes off of me you would have been in trouble because he wouldn't have been in trouble because if you were actually an opponent hook you would be dead you took advantage of the fact that henry isn't actually fighting you to win the fight cheating i wouldn't even say he won the fight i mean He could have woken him up in the morning with a sword to his throat and been like, see, I actually won. You shouldn't have taken your eyes off me. The fight was over. If a basketball game ends, you don't get to throw a bunch of balls through the hoop and go, up, I won. Guess you should have been defending the hoop after the game was over. I'm really worked up about this. I'm surprised how worked up I am about this. Hook is a shitty stepdad. I'm really thinking about the 30 Rock episode where Jack has hired the guy to attack him randomly to keep him on his toes. Yeah. And then there's the scene where he's lying in his bed and he's like, don't attack me tonight. I'm not up for it. I know I said that when I say that, I need to be attacked more than ever, but I really mean it. So Emma tells Hook that the reason things are kind of weird with her and Henry right now is that Henry has decided that he's going to take his gap year, the gap year that we saw at the beginning of last week's episode the gap year she did not see him off for right interesting emma being in this episode sort of feels like jennifer morrison being like okay i don't know if they actually bring her back later but it feels like she's being like okay i'm gonna show up just to make sure everyone knows that emma's okay and then i'm not gonna be in the show after that well honestly she probably contracted with the show that she would appear in a certain number of episodes like three or four and it's probably the writers who paced out when they needed her hmm So she is all sad because she doesn't want to be separated from Henry because they've been separated for so many years already, despite the fact that she has curse memories of spending his entire life with him. Yeah, remember, at the end of season three, Regina, when she was doing the re-curse thing after Peter Pan messed with the original curse, blah, blah, blah. I guess it was the middle of season three. Anyway... Uh, she retconned an entire life with Henry into Henry and Emma's heads. That's when Henry stopped being a shitty kid and became the best character on the show. I was going to ask, do you think those memories faded? I don't know. I I wouldn't think so. Huh. Well. I I mean, do do the other curse memories fade? No, I don't think they do. I remember how mad David got at Snow last season for going on a date with Dr. Whale. Yeah. So, wait, but that really happened. That wasn't a cursed memory. 
Yeah, that that did really happen. Huh. All right, something to ponder. Well, the thing is, the other people didn't really have curse memories the way Emma and Henry did. They just couldn't remember the past. Well, oh, you're right. Regina just made it all foggy for them if they tried to think back too much about their past. Yeah. Okay. I don't think that the memories would fade, though. I mean... She specifically created them artisanally and planted them in their heads. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Regardless, Hook tells Emma that he has the answer. Uh, Hook tells Emma that he has the answer for her separation from Henry. It is a magic bottle that he just happens to have lying around. Yes, he has a tiny magic bottle that you whisper a message into it and then you drop it in water and the person you're talking to can mystically hear it. Yeah, it's a message in a bottle. Yeah, which, cute. Isn't it weird that Hook just has magic stuff lying around the Jolly Roger like that? It's pirate-themed. Okay. It's If it's even vaguely on theme for him, he can, you know, All own right. slash do it. Remember when he was a cartographer because of pirate maps? He's like the worst role player ever, where he decides he's a pirate, so then he keeps trying to convince the DM that he should have access to items or skills that he didn't pay the points to have because he's a pirate. It's part of being a pirate. Yes, Hook is a bad D&D player. Yeah. Emma says that she's lucky to have a guy like him, and Henry's lucky to have a pirate like him. He... You can say stepdad, Emma. It's weird how they don't want to say stepdad, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, fairy tales relationships with the word step. Fa- oh, fair point. I bet that is what the issue was. Yeah, okay. Then we cut to another realm years later, and we are in fairy tale land, but we're still in the flashback. Although I feel like people generally have nice things to say about their stepdads. In fairy tales? Well, not in fairy tales. Are stepdads a thing in fairy tales? No, I don't think there are stepdads in fairy tales. Yeah. Because moms moms die. Dads just get remarried. Yeah. And when dads die, moms don't get remarried. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I bet if Jack had a stepdad, he wouldn't go up that, uh... I'm not blaming his mom for that. I'm just saying. You know, technically, the evil stepsisters had a stepdad. They did. Very briefly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. De- depending on which incarnation of Cinderella. I, I sort of like the incarnations where he's still there. He's just a really shitty dude. They seem more realistic to you? Kinda. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Ella Enchanted did such a good job with that. Ella Enchanted is good. It's not our recommendation for this week, but it was our recommendation a couple weeks ago. If you haven't read it yet, you should really get on that. The book, not the movie. The movie's fine. The movie has, like, nothing to do with the book. It shares a title and barely shares a concept. It has a very vague... It very vaguely has the same premise as the book in that they're both based on Cinderella and, of course, the... uh... The curse that Ella has. Yes. It's so weird that the guy from Hannibal is the prince in that. Eh, that makes sense to me. Because Hannibal itself is kind of fairy tale like Mm, We should watch Hannibal. Yeah. I would like to clarify, I was not blaming Jack's mom for being a bad uh, mom in that. Oh, I know. I just think Jack would have benefited from having more oversight. Probably. So, in the fairy tale flashback, in fairy tale land, 
Henry is riding off to find Cinderella. You will recall that he called this Operation Glass Slipper. Mm. Just throwing that out there for later. Just a reminder. When he encounters Lady Tremaine and her people. Her guard? Sure. She, he whips out a little, he whips out the little glass bottle and she's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, calling for help. Help, I'm being captured by Lady Tremaine. Splash. Yeah, yeah. He says, I hope I'm being captured by Lady Tremaine. Captain Hook, bring Emma and Regina. And then he throws it into a puddle of water and it disappears. Now we know that there are variations of the fairy tale throughout a whole bunch of different dimensions. Mm. So I sure hope Hook has a way to figure out which one Henry is in. Yeah, I feel like maybe coordinates would be good there. I mean, not that he had a chance to give them. Also, maybe my mom's. I think he thought he had to say names just to make the magic work. Mm. And I guess that would increase the chance of the message getting through to at least one of them. Right. Although I'm not sure why he thinks he can't just handle the situation by himself. She doesn't have that many guards, and we saw him very handily take care of a whole bunch of people at the Prince's Ball last night. Right? He should be able to handle this, honestly, but then there would be no plot this episode. In the present, Hook has shown up at Henry's apartment, which you'll remember is not in Hyperion Heights. Henry is outside of Hyperion Heights at this point. Mm. Yes. So, by the way... Hook's curse name, he's Officer Rogers. Okay. Jolly Roger. Oh my god. Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay, sure. So I really hope his first name's Jolly. Oh my god. Hi, I'm Jolly. Jolly Roger. Oh my god. So anyway... I'm feeling really bad for Henry at this point because at this point, Henry's this guy who wrote a book and people just keep showing up at his door claiming that they're characters from the book. A book that was like a moderate success. Yeah, not a huge hit. Not a huge hit. Like probably gets enough money off it to pay some of his bills every month. Enough of his bills that he can supplement it by driving Lyft, but not enough that he can live off of it. Yeah. Officer Rogers comes into his house and he's like, hey, I was reading your book and I, I, I have this giant boner for Emma. Is she based on anyone? And Henry's like, no, she's not based on anyone. She's based on, I guess, the woman I wish my mother had been, but no. And Hook's like, but you drew the picture, right? Which is weird. I mean, it... Why would you assume... I mean, I guess it probably says on the... Yeah, I'm sure, the, I'm sure the credits are somewhere in the book that says that Henry drew the images. But why? That's not part of his... That's not part Skill of... Skill set. Yeah, that's not part of his magic that he can do the illustrations too. Or is it? Does the author do the illustrations as well when he, you know, does his author magic? I guess, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I guess... Huh. All right. I guess that explains why they look different now. Yeah. I mean, they're still photoshopped, but they're better photoshopped. Yeah. Uh, Again, it still doesn't look like anyone actually drew them. It just looks like someone photoshopped a picture of Emma. Yeah, but it looks like someone chose a better filter. Yes. So, does this lend credence to the idea that these are actually stories for children? 
the, the fact, fact that there are illustrations in the book. Yeah. It does, but even YA novels don't really have a lot of illustrations. I mean, this implies that it's a chapter book. Yeah. Which is for readers even younger than YA books. Yeah, but we, we've seen Lucy holding the book, and it looks like I, I would think it was a YA series. Except it's a little big for that, but it's also too thick for a traditional... It is. It's... It, it is. It's too... The size of the book is too much. Both the dimensions of the cover and the size of the book, the thickness of the book the amount of pages it is for it to be a chapter book but also that would make sense that lucy would be the one who found it is henry a children's author the thing is like from what we've seen of the text in the book it also looks like there's sort of too much text for it to be a like i i think it is supposed he is supposed to be writing for younger kids is there a new thing where there's an intermediate uh, intermediate intermediate step between like chapter books and ya now is that a thing do tweens have their own brand of specially marketed books i mean chapter books are for tweens yeah but i mean this is i just i i'm having a really hard time placing what this book what age group this book is supposed to appeal to yeah what is this book all right, so Henry asks Hook. All right, so Henry asks Hook how Victoria and Lucy are doing. They're fine. They're not great. They're not seeing each other. Yeah, yeah. Hook, honestly, Hook is the cop in this situation, so it's, you know, he should have he should be encouraging the kind of behavior that led to their separation, which is henry being a snitch but he's like yeah they're not so great after you snitched victoria took custody and now everything sucks for them good job snitching snitchy well he is still a pirate deep down it's so weird that he's a cop in yeah he's a cop in storybrooke too yeah well you know what because deep down he's a pirate but deeper than that he's he's a a nerd yeah but also he's a military guy he's a murder nerd He's a member of the British Navy. A murder nerd. Oh, I guess that would be a genocide nerd. Yeah. Um, so... Barb's about how much Henry fucked up last episode aside. Mm -hmm. I do feel like this scene was trying to recreate the dynamic from season one with Emma and Snow White. Where they're the same age, they're talking about normal things, but also there's a dynamic where... One of them is the other's mother, but neither of them knows it. But deep down, as you say, they have those feelings for each other. Huh. Except that here, the feelings they have deep down are the awkward stepfather-stepson feelings. Like, I guess I'm okay with you because you make my mom happy, but we probably wouldn't hang out under normal circumstances. And also, like, I care about you because I care about your mother, and I want to see you do well, but I'm also trying to be careful to not overstep my bounds because I'm not trying to replace your father. Your dead father, who was also kind of, who I took briefly under my wing. That is weird. Because I also dated his mom. That is an accurate statement of what happened in this show. Does Hook just really want to be a stepdad? 
I'm so glad you said that because in this episode we find out that I guess this season Hook's driving motivation is going to be as a father, even though that has never been a thing we've dealt with with Hook. They're just giving him a daughter this season and having that be like a thing. Although, to be fair, we made a lot of jokes about Hook having mystical STDs because of the massive amounts of women he slept with, you know, in a time where protection was not great. So what you're saying is he probably does have a daughter in every port? Yeah, I'm probably saying, I'm saying Hook probably has got a lot of bastard kids out there. Bastard in the literal sense, I'm sure they're fine. Although, I don't know, Hook's their dad, so. I mean, you know, some of them are fine, some of them probably aren't. How many of them do you think are seeking revenge? Oh my god, probably like a third. A third, I'd say. Fair. Before Hook leaves, Henry asks Hook if he can help him, because you'll remember last episode, he went to the cemetery where his wife and kid are supposedly buried, and they weren't there. I'm sorry, the cemetery wasn't there. And apparently had never been there. It's it's a reverse ghost story. You know when you like, you know the oh hitchhiker story? Where, and then she leaves the sweater behind, <laughs> and then when he goes to return it, they're like, she died in 1906. Deborah's been dead for 30 years. Right, it's the reverse of that. You go to the cemetery <laughs> and it's like, there's never been a cemetery here. It's always been a pink berry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So Jacinda goes to the Belfry's business tower? office. Yes. Oh my god. Yes, it is a tower. Yeah, the Belfry's Tower. Yeah. The Belfry. Oh god. She goes to the Belfry's Tower to pick up uh, tickets to Lucy's dance recital, which is apparently a thing that is going on very shortly yes and she learns from ivy who is drizella the evil stepsister Mm -hmm. and also victoria's assistant that the dance show has been turned into a charity event to raise money for a children's charity and now the tickets are 550 dollars which jacinda points out she's like i make Like, I get $500 every paycheck. You intentionally priced it so it would be just out of the range of what I make. And Ivy's like, eh. I, um, made a different notation in my notes, which is, look, I know we all want to help out sick kids or whatever this charity is, but who is paying $550 to go to someone else's child's dance recital? I would pay $550 to not have to go to the dance recital. <laughs> Dang, but accurate. Also, that seems like that would piss off all of the parents of the kids. Like, imagine your kid was doing a dance recital and you were like, and you were told by the school, by the way, it is going to cost you $550 to come see this. If two of you it's gonna cost you a thousand a hundred dollars yeah eleven hundred dollars or else your kid's gonna cry because their parents didn't come to their dance recital this was literally a plot in unbreakable kimmy schmidt where it was a joke Uh. i'm just saying victoria is willing to cause a lot of collateral damage to fuck with jacinda Jacinda's like, seriously, Victoria? Seriously? And Victoria's like, 
uh, Ivy sets the price, not me. And it's like, why would Ivy set the price? Why is Ivy in control of this dance recital? <laughs> There's so many questions. That's such a blatant lie. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Your schemes are ridiculous. So, back in the fairy tale flashback, Victoria's like, you're going to tell me where Cinderella is. And Henry's like, or what? And she's like, well, my daughter's going to torture you either way, but she'll kill you very quickly if you tell. Okay, so this doesn't match what we've seen of Ivy or Drisella the last couple of episodes, but I'm very into the idea of a Drisella who's drusilla you know yeah like like an awesome torture babe you know okay so i was just re-watching uh the second season of buffy perfect timing and it struck me they introduced drusilla's hypnotism powers one episode before they you know become the thing that angel uses to unlock a Catha. like you think that would have come up at some point any time earlier in the yeah yeah fair i mean at least they set them up in the previous episode but it does sort of feel like a last minute okay we need this needs to be something drusilla can do to make the plot move forward yeah and then she never used them again that makes sense though they really wasted her after that yeah she her showing up an angel was just so weird Actually, her showing up in Buffy later was weird because it's sort of like every member of her family kind of outgrew her. That's so sad when you put it like that, and it's also really accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, but back to Drizella, who, first of all, Ivy is all meek and and deferential to Victoria. And Drizella, I mean... She did seem to get very hot when she saw Henry killing all those guards, so maybe she is into, like, the ultraviolence. But she also tried to grab the fairy tale's wand from her. The fairy godmother's wand from her. She did. I'm just saying, well, okay, you know what? I'm not being fair. We're only on the second episode. They haven't really had a chance to develop her character yet. But I'm feeling early on that I am nervous because this show only having one stepsister has a problem where normally adaptations have the dynamic between the stepsisters where one of them is actually evil and one of them does a face turn and I feel like they're kind of putting both of those characterizations onto her. Okay, so I really like this because uh, Lady Tremaine leaves Drusella to torture Henry and their torture dungeon and henry's like okay wait wait, i'm sorry you said their torture dungeon so i'm just gonna interrupt you to say it's not their torture dungeon although they later call it a torture room it's cinderella's bedroom oof that's unpleasant okay go ahead so lady tremaine leaves drusilla there to torture him and henry's like okay so normally in cinderella stories one of the sisters is actually good is that you or drusilla's like nope and she takes out a knife and she starts going towards henry but uh-oh a portal opens up! I'm not saying it's embarrassing to be saved by your mom, but it's a little... He's in his 30s. He should be able to handle this situation by himself now. There's no shame in asking for help, I guess. I mean, I can see how it's a little embarrassing, but 
when Drizella turns around and is like, who are you? And Regina's like, I'm his mother, bitch! And Force pushes her into the wall. It's kind of funny. It's great. I kind of love it. It is, it is pretty great. You really, really don't want to get on Regina's bad side, especially when it comes to Henry. Nope, nope. And, and Hook just fucking stabs a dude. Like, normally, like, like, impales, skewers. That guy is dead as hell. Yep, it's like Hook decided that in order to win Emma's heart, he would be as much like David Nolan as possible. Ugh, ugh. Just saying. So gross. It's but a known dynamic. Remember... Remember at the end of the series when Emma couldn't kill Gideon because then it would make her evil? I mean, I guess... You're only evil if you kill named characters, Max. Right, of course. Henry wants to know where Emma is, Mm -hmm. which is fair. And Hook's like, oh, she's just dealing with savior stuff, just like... There's a small infestation of tiny dragons she needs to deal with. Which sounds adorable. Although, I'm imagining the pixies from Harry Potter. Yes. I just feel like the, hey, where is Emma thing is kind of like a metaphor. We know that the reason Emma isn't there, because Regina says this to Hook when Henry's out of earshot, the reason Hen- the reason Emma isn't there is because she wants Henry to be able to move on with his life. And for reasons, that means he can't see his mother. That's weird. But... Oh. By the way, the way they phrase that makes it seem like Emma is dead because Hook's like, because Regina's like, why wouldn't you tell him the truth about Emma? And Hook's like, because we need to respect Emma's wishes. Yeah, a lot of misdirected foreshadowing here. But my point was, she wants Henry to move on with his life the way this show does. Except not really, because here we are still talking about Emma. I do like Regina... Regina kind of, she hugs Henry and then she looks at him and she's like, you've grown so much. And it's like, oh. You're practically a different actor. It's, no, not to go too new, Greg, here. I was I was just thinking of that song from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Absolutely. Honestly, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend handled the having to cast a new actor as Greg thing perfectly. They did. So, back in the real world, uh, Hook is teaming up with gold i i have so much trouble with the new names weaver actually i like weaver weaver is fine weaver's fine i i I like weaver they should have gone with something better for cinderella then i i have feelings about weaver i'm waiting to see what happens with rumpelstiltskin in this in this iteration of the world in hyperion heights because Rumpelstiltskin is not a weaver. Rumpelstiltskin is a spinner. So this implies that this is a different iteration of Rumpelstiltskin. And weaving things is associated with other characters, not with Rumpelstiltskin. So I definitely am very into what they're doing here. All they had to do was give the character an interesting name and look how sucked in I am, okay? Just spend like 10 more minutes on Jacinda, guys. Yeah, could have come up with something. I can't off the top of my head, but you know. <laughs> would would you would you go glass for a new take on a Cinderella name for this incarnation? Ooh, I absolutely would. I like it. You know what we didn't really do last week? What we didn't really talk about what Weaver is wearing. Okay, so it's all denim. 
He's wearing jeans and he's wearing a denim shirt and he's wearing a jean jacket over that. He has, it's not exactly, but I was like, he has kind of a Jake Peralta aesthetic. It's more like a Jay Leno aesthetic. It's, it's a choice. I like it. Okay. I think it really sells this as a different Robert Carlyle. It is definitely a different Robert Carlyle. But he's like, hey, rookie, you ready to go team up being corrupt detectives together? And Hook's like, this scene seems necessary, but okay, I guess. Yeah, basically. I mean, I guess it's just to reestablish the fact that Hook is working with Weaver now. I'm sorry, Rogers. Are we? Are we gonna? Uh, we can keep calling him Hook. I have no. I don't. See, why would we not keep calling him Hook? He is Hook. Okay. Yeah. Well, normally we try to. Oh. Disambiguate. Yeah, I forgot about that. We can call him Hook. It's fine. We kind of stopped that when the curse was broken, but now we're like back in curse times. So at Ronnie's bar. Uh, Jacinda is talking with her roommate, who is Tiana in the fairy tale land, uh, about how she needs to raise five hundred and fifty dollars very quickly in order to see Lucy in order to see Lucy's show tonight ish, tomorrow, soon ish. I think it's tonight. Anyway, Tiana suggests that she use Work Bunny, which I guess is this universe's version of TaskRabbit, just the way Swift is this universe's version of Lyft. Honestly, I like a lot of these names. I do. I do. Um, I kind of want to talk about that, though, real fast. Okay. Because, so now TaskRabbit has come up, and Lyft has come up, or, you know, gig economy has come up. And I feel like the show wants to make a point about it, since they've brought them both up fairly prominently. But they've both been shown as ways to actually make money. Like, Henry is living off of being a Lyft driver. And Tiana seems to actually think that Jacinda can make that $550 with TaskRabbit. And neither of those things are really true. To be fair, Jacinda points out, she's like, I'm not going to be able to make enough money doing this to get, you know, I'm not going to be able to make that money in this time period off this app. And Tiana's like, well, maybe he can help because... Here comes Henry. Yep, Henry swoops in to apologize for being the for being a snitch, yeah. essentially, and causing all of these problems. And is it being a snitch if you don't know you're snitching? He knew he was snitching. Huh, I yeah, guess. He knew he was snitching. To be fair, they stole his car. Whatever. If someone stole my car, I would be pretty mad about that. If someone stole my car after stealing my laptop, I would be mad about that. Okay, Jacinda stole his car, Lucy stole his laptop, two entirely different people. Well, I mean, I would say Jacinda's responsible for both of those things. Only legally. Jacinda basically blows him off, though, and is like, unless you have $550 for me, I don't want to talk to you. And then... To bring it back around, Henry's like, well, I make okay money driving for Lyft. Like. Also, you have a book that did moderately well. I mean, I I, I would believe that he has $550 lying around. Oh, no, I totally do. But I think he was actually suggesting that she drive Lyft. Like, I think he's also suggesting that she do an app to make the money. I don't think so. Because she's like, no, don't do that. Don't come in here and try to save me. Oh, okay. Like. She doesn't want 
his money which is weird that she would bring it up in the first place because she's like unless you have 550 dollars and he's like i do and she's like don't try to save me oh yeah i guess you're right i guess he was offering to give her the money which by the way she should have taken because this is all his fault anyway yeah like i maybe maybe it's because i've never really been in that kind of position but it always seems weird to me when people won't take an easy out that doesn't have any inherent negative consequences I think that that really only happens, honestly, on television. And I think it's part of capitalism's effort to make us not take care of our communities because we're like, oh, she has too much pride for me to help her out, even though capitalism is beating her down. Yeah, like, it feels good to help other people. And it would be different if he was like, I will loan you this money because loans, like, loaning money to people is always a bad idea. Like, yeah, but if he could afford it and he was willing to do it, take it. Yeah. Relot, lean on your community. That's how you're going to get your daughter back, by having the support of a strong community that wants to help you get your daughter back from this woman who seems to extra, who seems to have extra legally just decided that she's living with her now. It's very weird. Didn't you listen to Ronnie's speech that lasted seven million years last episode? Oh my goodness. It's about community and history and family and the connections that happen when community, family, history, community, community, family, history, community. Yeah, basically. I'm sorry. She used less words than that. Fewer words? Fewer. Fewer words. So just so just think it storms out because pride, I guess. Yeah. And then we see. Why did she ask if he had the money if she wasn't going to take it? Okay, well, no, to be fair, that was a bluff. She was like, you can't talk to me unless you have $550 for me. And he was like, I have $550. And she was like, well, fuck you. I mean, it it's a lot, but it's not a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. What's that thing? Like, it's a lot, like, it's a lot to pay, but it's not a lot to earn. It, it's, $550 is right on that edge where it's like, it's, it is a lot of money, but depending on what your situation is, it's something you, that some people could easily pay, and for some people it's their entire paycheck. It's not a life-destroying amount of money, necessarily. But it could be. Yeah. Depending. It's. Actually, the perfect amount of money for this show to be talking about, honestly. Mm. It's like a thing, but it's like this thing I saw on Twitter the other day where this woman was being annoyed by this guy who was emailing her. And she told him that, and she told him that she would talk to him for a million dollars. And he's trying to negotiate her down. It's like, that's not, (laughs) that wasn't, that wasn't a genuine offer. Though she got him down to like $500,000. I would talk to someone for $500,000. Yeah, me too. Probably less than that. <laughs> we go from we go from Jacinda storming out to Victoria Belfry in her office, looking at a note from Lucy, who has said, "The flowers have begun to bloom. Now you can look at them all the time," which is the perfect passive aggressive note for a child to send, because it's it sounds like it's lovely, but it's really a threat. And they're her mom's favorite flower too, the hyacinthias. Yeah, and she's included some hyacinthias with this note. Also, I do have to say, she signs her name at the bottom, and it's Lucy spelled the normal way, 
the captions in the first episode had Lucy spelled L-U-C-E, which is how I spelled it in all of our descriptions last week. Uh. But I don't... Now, now I'm at a loss as to why that was, because her name is spelled L-U-C-Y, the standard way. All right, so we're going to be spelling it the real way. The, the, yes, the, the standard way. way. Yes, the standard way. I thought maybe it was L-U-C-E because it was short for Lucinda instead of because it was Lucy, uh, but here we are. Oh, maybe her curse name is Lucy with an E. I, I mean, her non-curse name is Lucy with an E, and under the curse, she's Lucy with a Y. This is too much. It's too much, man. Lady Tremaine always wanted it spelled the other way, so when she had the chance to impose her will on reality, that was one of the changes she made. Okay, that's actually kind of hilarious, and that's such a, like, passive-aggressive mother-in-law move. I can totally see it. So, Victoria calls Hook and Weaver into her office because she's super honked that they haven't kicked Henry out of this neighborhood yet. Okay, she's just some woman. When they get in the elevator after this, Hook is even confused. He's like, why are we listening to a random businesswoman who, what do you even mean kick them out of the neighborhood? It's not a town. The way that, for instance, Storybrooke, Maine is. So you could actually have them leave the city. So you could actually have them leave the town limits. It's like... A couple of streets. Are we supposed to be just driving around these blocks making sure that he doesn't... What? And he... Again, he's like, we don't work for her. We're cops. And then and then Weaver obnoxiously says, no, we don't work for her. We work for me. Whatever, Weaver. Shut up, Weaver. Back in the fairy tale flashback, Regina has remembered that she can use a locator spell just in time to not be able to use a locator spell. Yeah, apparently the magic in this world is just different enough so locator spells don't work, which I do kind of I do kind of like I do like when they acknowledge that magic works differently in different countries, which has not been something that's at all consistent across the show, but it does come up sometimes. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Angel where they were very consistent about the different realms having different rules of magic. Which I really do like. I think it's a good touch. And I I do sort of wish they played with that more. But I guess it's kind of too little too late now. I mean, we are on the seventh season. I mean, it, it doesn't, like, but I, it is why I'm okay with Regina being like, I can't do locator spells here. The magic is too different. Yeah, it's a good reason. To, it's a good way to get out of... A problem that should have an easy solution. Yeah. So since I can't use locator spells, Hook is like, well, I'll just go down to the docks and pump some pirates for information. Yes, he's going to use his pirate skills to pirate out the information about Cinderella. See? See, he's doing it again. This is a role player who did not put any points into the skill gather information who's like, well, but I'm a pirate. Can't I just go talk to pirates? Oh, I hate those players. So... After that very brief scene, we cut back to Rumple Weaver talking to Ronnie Regina at her bar. And he's like, so have you seen Henry Mills? And she's like, I don't need to talk to you. Bartenders are like therapists and not like Dr. Hopper therapists, like actual therapists where we don't rat on people. Yeah, because I actually have a liquor license because this is Seattle and not some random town. I'm not just some quack doctor who got my degree from a curse. Also, 
Um, it's so weird to see Lana Priya in a tank top. It is really weird to see her in a tank top. Remember that one time she was wearing a t-shirt because she was with Robin Hood and for some reason that made her wear a t-shirt? Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Although this tank top is super low cut, so it's much more on brand for Regina than when she was wearing a t-shirt. But I'm still like... What? Yes, that is what I am like. It's kind of great because she turns to Hook and she's like... By the way, this guy goes through a ton of partners, so I wouldn't get too comfortable if I were you. Good advice. Good for her. Well, what she really says is, uh, you should think about what you really want out of this job. Well, she also says every time Weaver comes in here, he has a new partner. So. Yeah. Maybe if what you want out of this job is to live through it, give it some thought. In fairy tale land, down at the docks... Hook is being followed by a person in a ide- in an identity-concealing cloak who calls out his name, and Hook turns around, and y'all, it's old, drunk Hook. It's old, fat, drunk Hook, who very impressively tosses off the face-concealing cloak. It's great. It's like he's America's Next Top Model. That is exactly what it's like. You know, I see old drunk fat hook and my first thought is he should be on America's Next Top Model. He can smize. He can work a runway. He's very conspicuously holding a bottle of rum. I'm rooting for him. We were all rooting for him. He's conspicuously holding an empty bottle of rum, which he drops. Yes. So we'll come back to that. Also... Okay, I just wrote in my notes that he is the exposition pirate because this, the dialogue in this scene is so awkward. It is almost as awkward as the way they have shot the doubling effect with the two hooks. Both of these things are very awkward. Hook is like, oh yes, Emma told me that when she went into the wish verse, she ran into a old drunk version of me who was never cursed and therefore led an entirely different life. And it was very bad. Well, first he does say that, but first he's like, oh, it's you, that fake version of me from that fake universe that uh, the evil queen faked up. And he's like, and old fat drunk cook is like, ah, I actually am real. So that means Regina definitely actually murdered a real version of Snow and David, but let's not focus on that. And then old drunk hook is like, by the way, the fact that I exist means that there's infinite universes, which means there's infinite hooks, which means that we can keep going to this well, as it were. Also, does that mean all hooks heard Henry's call? That's literally the next thing that happens. Yeah, no, we know this hook, but does that mean across all realities, every incarnation of hook suddenly randomly heard Henry go... Hook, help. I'm being captured by Lady Tremaine. Get Regina and Emma to come help me. Yes. In fact, it was reminding me of this book I read when I was in high school, which is kind of a weird book, but it's called The Man Who Folded Himself. Mm -hmm. And it's about time travel, but it's not so much about the, like, things time travel stories are usually about. I think I've brought it up on this podcast before. Um, It's really more about how when you time travel, you keep creating a new version of yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And there are these places throughout time where, like, all of the versions of this guy just hang out. Like, there's 20 of these guys just hanging out at different ages in this one house at this one point in time. And, like, it's a very weird book. So, he, 
falls in love with himself and they become lovers. And then he gets old and then he goes back in time and like meets his young self. I mean, like an adult, but he like meets his 20 year old self and his 20 year old self is like, ooh, 60 year old you is gross. And he's like, dude, I used to be 20 year old you saying 60 year old you is gross and now I'm 60 year old you. Anyway, that's what the scene reminded me of. And yes, there are infinite hooks. And I'm just imagining that when these two left, there were like 20 other hooks here who are like, oh man. God. Also, did all of these different incarnations of Hook have that bottle? Does Hook just constantly hear other Hooks trying to communicate? Are other people trying to communicate with other Hook? Yeah. But also, like, that means that our Hook, Hook Prime, also gets messages from, like, other universes. No, that's what I meant. Like, every version of Hook is constantly hearing... Things from other versions, things of and from and about other hooks. Yes, exactly. That would drive you nuts. Yep. But in this show, we only see these two hooks. And I'm sorry, we, we didn't say it. You we, we kind of implied it. But the reason this hook is here at all is because he also got Henry's bottle. Which, by the way means that that magic bottle reproduces itself practically infinitely. Good way to get lots of magical items. So, uh, this hook seems like he's super pissed because he didn't fall in love with Emma in his timeline, but his timeline wouldn't have sunk up with Emma anyway. Yeah, Emma... Yeah. I mean, he was already old when Emma was a baby. Maybe. I don't know how. But it's not so much Emma... In general, it's not that, it's not specifically being in love with Emma as much as it is the fact that Hook is able to fall in love and old fat drunk Hook is not. Yes. So he wants to be able to fall in love. He wants what they have. He wants a one true love, perhaps for some specific reason. Hmm, interesting. Hook asks old drunk Hook what he wants and old drunk Hook says... That's the hundred doubloon question, isn't it? Why is so, that a phrase? Are there game shows in the Enchanted Forest or in the Wishverse version of the Enchanted Forest? I think that's I think that's what's happening. I think that yeah, there are there are in fact game shows in the Wishverse universe. So you know, just something to know. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, huh? Real weird. But it turns out that. Hook's plan, old fat drunk Hook's plan, is to take Hook's place and steal his life. Yeah. Yeah, basically. He's pulling the, you know, he's acting very drunk during this scene, and non-old fat drunk Hook is not very sympathetic to his alternate version self, which... I guess makes it less of an asshole thing when old fat drunk Hook reveals the fact that he's actually not drunk. He hasn't been drinking for years. And he cold cocks Hook and then sticks him... On a cart? On a body collection cart and covers him up with a blanket? Well, it's a cart full of ropes. Sure. Okay. Alright. So, Hook... So, old fat drunk Hook is gonna go take over Hook's life. But before we leave this scene, Max, I have to ask you a question. Alright. What was more awkward in this scene? The the forced exposition 
the way that they shot the doubling or fat old drunk hooks terrible fat old drunk old man makeup oh no i love fat old drunk hooks fat old drunk man makeup and the fact that he basically just has a pillow stuffed into his shirt he just has a pillow stuffed into his shirt and his hair is like a party city wig that's been sitting in a trunk in an attic for 10 years. Honestly, the cheapness of the whole aesthetic makes it really work for me. The fact that it looks so bad. I'd say the doubling is not great. Yeah, it's not great. It's This is not Regina doing a kiss lean on the evil queen. Oh, that's amazing. I love how close they got before they realized that they couldn't make that work. So, we cut to Detective Rogers leaving Ronnie's, and Rumpel's like, so, are you afraid we're going too far? And Rogers is like, we haven't done anything yet. This is so weird. What is their plan with Henry? Yeah, like, I I mean, I guess they asked questions of Ronnie about whether Henry had been in her establishment, And she said, I'm not going to tell you, which clearly means yes, but... Like, I don't want to sound naive, like, cops can't make your life a living hell if they decide to, but what exactly do you think you can do against a semi-famous guy whose only crime is being on a street that's, like, five streets away from the street he lives on? I guess they could make him leave Seattle. It's... (laughs) Like, maybe if you were less suspicious, people would stop poking around. Like, you are only making things worse by sending these dudes after Henry. Yeah, so after that brief scene where they decide to go after Henry, and by the way, they both talk about how they have secret dark sides. We go back to Fairytale Land, where fat old drunk Hook has come to see Lady Tremaine. And I just have to say that he has this musical theme behind him that's, like, weird and comedic, and it's not working for me. Uh, it's, it's interesting that you pick on, because... I usually don't pick up on musical themes. It usually only works on me subconsciously, if at all, and I don't usually notice them, but... Here, I feel like it was really glaring, and I didn't... It brought me out of the scene. It's literally a comedic take on Hook's theme music, which is just sort of a weird choice, especially given what we find out old fat drunk Hook's backstory is. Uh, Yeah, and I I don't know. I I think it's it's too jokey for the show. Yeah, it's... it's... It's almost but not quite sitcom music. I was thinking it's Joxer's music from Xena. And I, I didn't watch Xena, so I'm not sure. He, but... He's Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother. Uh-huh. He's like this joke character who, he, he considered himself a warlord, even though no one would follow him because he's really bad at fighting. And then he decided to follow Xena's redemptive path and become a hero like her, but he's also really incompetent. He's sort of the Xander of that show. Okay, and if they'd played weird comedic music behind Xander every time he was on screen, it would have really messed with the mood of the show. Yeah. I mean, it worked more in Xena because Xena is intentionally a very campy show. Like, Uh they make swooshing noises anytime anyone moves their hands or head quickly. (laughs) Okay. 
Yeah, it's not working for me on this show, though. Well, the thing is, it really needs to follow the tone of... The scene? Yeah, it it does need to follow the tone of the scene, and it does sort of rob it a little bit when you're doing a dramatic scene that has... Yeah, exactly. Old Fat Drunk Hook was a joke character last season, but now he's a main character, and... This episode specifically is establishing why we should care about him as a character and not just as a joke. This is establishing old, fat, drunk Hook's tragic backstory. And they're playing this, like, weird, tinkly comedic music in the background. I wouldn't say tinkly. It's it's got a lot of bassoon. Yes. Anyway, I'm not here for it. So he goes up to Lady Tremaine and he's like, hey so i need your help and she's like i know we had sex that one time and then i cut off your hand why would i help you not exactly that but she does hint to a past relationship and also that she was the one who cut off her his hand which doesn't make any sense because wish first but whatever are they in the wish first currently i don't know i don't know lady tremaine asks what he did with his young self and he says that his young self is off on a cart, dying of thirst as we speak. Which is a weird thing to say, because you gave him a concussion and left him on a cart in the middle of the street. He's gonna die of a lot of stuff before he dies of thirst. Yeah, I Is that, like, an alcoholism thing? Because he's... He's not the drunk hook. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't get... What? Weird line, right? It's really weird. And doesn't really... Like, he's unconscious. Like, what? So, yes, he's left tied under a cart in a filthy alley, but he got a little bit of his blood, and he wants her to use it to do magic plastic surgery on him to make him young and fit again. Okay, great marketing idea. Since there are infinite universes, just the fittest version of each person should sell their blood to the other versions of themselves as, like, a youth potion. Hmm. I don't know why he went to Lady Tremaine in the first place, as she points out she's not a magical character. But she does just happen to have the fairy godmother's wand that she stole last episode. Yes, so in exchange for him getting rid of Henry, she's going to use... She's going to use Young Hook's blood to turn old fat drunk Hook into Young Hook. Yep, that's exactly what happens. So... That is exactly what happens. We cut to... We go back to the present, or back to Seattle anyway, where... Tiana and Jacinda are apparently looking at the Work Bunny app, trying to find jobs that Jacinda can do to earn the money. This is definitely a fairy tale reference, right? Yeah, one of the jobs that's being offered on the app is for someone to come build a house out of reclaimed straw. Like the three little pigs. It's very cute. Yeah. But they do happen to find a job that does fit what they're looking for. It's perfect, actually. There's a job for caterers for the very recital that Jacinda wants to go to. So there we go. Problem solved. She will go to the recital as a caterer, and uh, then she'll be able to see it and not blow $550. In fact, she'll make the money from catering that night. Yeah. Win, win, win. Well, not that much money, but... Still. So, they show up to the job only to find out that the person who took over this catering service briefly in order to hire them is Henry. 
Yeah. He arranged the entire thing somehow so that he could hire Jacinda and make everything up to her. How is this different than him giving her the $550? This isn't charity. To be fair, she still seems kind of honked off about this, which, I mean... Okay. Did you just want to be mad at him? Like... Okay, I mean, he... Yeah, he got her into the recital, but he also still caused her to lose custody of her daughter. Ish. I mean, he did, but it's not how custody works. I know we've talked about that, but... Okay, well, speaking of the way that that's not how the law works, Hmm. we go from that scene to Weaver and Detective Rogers just flat out breaking into Henry's apartment. I... So weird. The, the the law enforcement in this show is so weird. To Weaver's ambiguous credit, he's at least very upfront about the fact that he's a dirty cop. I guess. Like, so they're going through the apartment and Hook points out fairly reasonably, are we going to find anything that will justify us kicking Henry out of that four block region and gold's like aha you're not a good detective you didn't notice he has a nancy drew book and therefore must have a daughter and hook's like i don't see how that's relevant at all yeah i mean this is like mafia shit even as like corrupt cops go it's weird Uh, is rumple implying they're gonna threaten his daughter unless he gets no he's not implying he's saying it um there's a moment here though that's very cool that we didn't mention before in the earlier scene when hook went to see henry there was a light above his table that he had to turn the bulb to turn the light on so like it has it must have a loose connection or something Mm -hmm. and in this scene when they're searching for dirt like the fact that he has a daughter he presumably loves moving past that hook reaches up and turns the bulb to turn the light on thus letting rumple know that he's been in this apartment before Uh, it was a very nicely done it was a very nice way to do that it is nice when the show does like small things yes so this causes rumple to of course, realize that Hook has been here before and tell Hook that, honestly, he doesn't care if Hook is a dirty cop or not. He just wants him to be loyal to Weaver, a person he's only just started working with. I honestly think it would be better for Weaver if he was a dirty cop because otherwise they're doing a lot of illegal shit right now. Right? Ugh. So, Lucy... Uh, at the recital, Lucy runs up and hugs Jacinda, and uh, she's like, so, Henry helped you get in, huh? And Jacinda does not seem happy about that. But Lucy is very happy about it. She's like, yes, it's happening. He's going to come back and remember everything. And while this scene is happening, Henry is talking to Tiana and, like, definitely winning her over. Well, Tiana is, like, 
are you in love with her? And he's like, I just met her. But he, like, clearly has a look like he could love her. And Tiana is, like, kind of okay with it. I wrote in my notes, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Yes. And, I mean, he makes this all point. He's like, I did something bad that screwed her over and I just want to make up for it. Yeah. Like, I don't want anything out of this. And Tiana's like, okay, you have my permission to fuck Jacinda now. It's good. It's a good moment. What's not a good moment is Victoria sees that Henry is there working the bar and calls Weaver and Hook, who, again, are in Henry's apartment, and is like, hey, you need to figure out a way to get him out of my life. Because he's at the recital. So, Girl, you need to calm down. You're making things so much worse. So they dash out of Henry's apartment. I do like that Hook does the little thing to turn off the light on the way out. Yes, it is both considerate and also very careful because he does not want to get caught having broken into someone's apartment without a warrant. You know what gets you caught uh, breaking into someone's apartment? Leaving your fingerprints all over light bulbs? I was going to say stealing their keys. Yes, as they are leaving the apartment, Hook sees that Henry's keys have the Emma Swan keychain. They, yeah, they have a little swan insignia on them. Yes, I think we've seen Emma with that keychain before in seasons past. Mm. And Hook reaches up and grabs them off the hook by the door. So back in the fairy tale flashback, Henry's talking to Regina about what's going on in Storybrooke. And Regina's like, everyone's still having their happy endings. They actually stuck this time. Granny's has added poke. Yeah, because this season is about gentrification. <laughs> nice touch. Nice touch show. Snow and David are still sickeningly, saccharinely sweet. Nobody's going to Archie for counseling anymore because he's terrible. I mean, because they're all happy now. Yep, there's so many happy endings that therapy has become irrelevant and Archie is homeless now. A happy ending all around. And then Henry says, wait, there's one person you left out. And of course, we think he's going to say Emma, but he says you, Regina mom, you haven't told me what's going on with you. Well, he does. I do like that Regina assumes it's Emma. She's like, Emma, everything's fine with Emma. Don't ask about Emma. Emma's fine. Which, again, really makes it seem like something happened to Emma, which we know it didn't. I know. I know. But I do like this moment where Regina sits down with Henry and Regina is sad because... She lost Daniel. She lost Robin Hood, but it was okay. She had a family that she loved, but now her son is off in another dimension where he can only communicate with her through magic bottles. And Emma and and Emma has married some other guy and is busy off with him. It's it's a sad life for Regina right now. Speaking of Drusilla and everyone else moving on. Yeah, it's weird that so many seasons focused on Regina trying to get her happy ending. And now literally the plot is everyone has a happy ending, but Regina does not. But she doesn't want to talk about that. She just wants to enjoy her time with her son. So she asks him what he's been up to. And he tells her the story about Cinderella and how now he's trying to track them down. And uh, he doesn't even know if Cinderella likes him. Uh, she, the shoe could mean anything. And Hook the shows sh- up then. The shoe could mean that she didn't want to run off in glass shoes because they're very difficult to run in. I mean, fair, but you you probably would have found both then. That's true. So Hook shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, speaking of that, I, who am definitely the real Hook, found this note from definitely the real Cinderella. 
about how she thinks you're a weird-smelling loser who thinks that you should just head home with me and this lady, whoever she is. This makes Henry very sad and not at all suspicious, and he realizes that everything is a disaster, and he leaves the cabin house hovel what is this weird cave thing well but it's a, it's a house it's a and and he leaves and he leaves the place where they've all you know hold up for a while he throws cinderella's note into the fireplace and he's like well this was a bust and pieces out which honestly i mean we know that's a fake note but that is how you should respond when somebody dumps you you should be like well that's over and then just go off and be sad and let them go live their lives well, it's like he didn't learn anything from uh, Snow and David back in season one. Remember when she had to break into his house because he left a note breaking up with her and she had to call him on it. So she broke into his house and he's like, no, you were right to do that. My evil dad made me write that note. God, I forgot about that. Regina thinks all of these emotions are guy stuff. So she sends Hook out to have a talk with Henry. Oh, what is it with men and their emotions? Seriously! I know you're quoting an, a villain from another show, which makes me think that maybe I'm villainous, but seriously! <laughs> so, I do like that Hook gets about three sentences in, like, fake... Fake Hook gets about three sentences into his conversation with Henry, and Henry's like, oh, you're not the real Hook. Yeah, he picks it up real fast. But before he can actually call him out on it or do some more investigating or anything like that, Emma shows up. Yeah. Bad timing, Emma. Or good timing because of what we'll see. Yes. She was tired of waiting for Hook to come back and probably also a little worried because even though Rachina is there, Hook could find a way to screw things up. Mm. So Emma is here to very quickly tell us, by the way... I'm very happy, and I'm pregnant now. Yep, not dead, just pregnant. And Henry is very excited for her. She's very excited. She says that she never got to have a childhood with Henry. She's like, I've never really done the diapers and feedings thing before, so I'm pretty nervous. And he's like, you're going to be great, because you did in the alternate time. Maybe Henry was in foster care while he was a a baby because she gave birth to him when she, she was in prison when she gave birth so i guess that part still tracks with the curse memories yeah she could have just gotten him a little later in life when he went yeah she could have she could have won back custody later i guess i mean it's very clear that they just forgot that henry has memories of being raised by emma but theoretically you could bullshit your way around that yeah she says that now she and Hook are going to have a baby and they have a chance to do something good from the start, which I know what her point is, but... little rough. Thanks, Mom! <laughs> little rough towards Henry. He's her practice kid. Oh. So, back outside of the recital, Victoria is talking to Gold and Hook and she's like, I don't care what you do, just get him out of here. So Gold takes her bracelet and is like, don't worry, I have a plan. What fits in your pocket and pays the rent for a decade? Which implies that this bracelet that Victoria is wearing to the recital is expensive enough to justify somebody stealing it from her, which... Because his plan is obviously to plant it on Henry and then be like, oh, Henry stole it. But this would have to be a very expensive bracelet for somebody to risk that for somebody to risk stealing it like that and 
It's not? It's obviously not? It's fine. Unless it's got, like, I don't know. I don't know what it could have inside it that would make it worth that. It's a tennis bracelet. It's maybe a few thousand. Anyway. Who knows? Whatever. Whatever. Whatever, Rumple. Maybe rent's just really cheap in this mystically created neighborhood in Seattle. Yeah, maybe in this Seattle neighborhood where the plot is gentrification, rent is cheap. So, Hook's like, what, you're just going to slip that into his pocket? And Gold's like, no, you're going to slip it into his pocket. Yeah. You know, it would be a good thing for Rumple to get Hook, like, entwined in this by having him be a part of it so that he can't speak out against it, but also not make him be the person who does things so that he could just slowly drag him down. But no, no, he's going to put this very important part of his plan in Hook's hand and (sighs) whatever. Rumpel's bad at being bad. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't know. He's seeing if he will sink or swim right off the bat. And if he sinks, then he'll just get a new partner. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Back in the back in Fairytale Land, old fat drunk Hook goes to rescue regular Hook because he she's like, oh crap, this guy's gonna be a dad, and I can't kill a guy who's a dad. But it turns out that unconsciousness doesn't last all that long, and regular Hook shanks him. Yeah, they start fighting. I have to say, the doubling effect does not get better when they are fighting. Oh my god, it's terrible. But yeah. They end it quickly with real Hook shanking Old Fat Drunk Hook. And Old Fat Drunk Hook tells real Hook that he was actually coming to not do the thing he was trying to do because Emma's here and Emma's pregnant and when he knew that Hook was going to be a dad, he couldn't come between a father and his daughter because it turns out his backstory is having a daughter. Okay. Yep. Okay. I. You know what I wrote in my notes? I wrote, what? No. That's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> so, the recital ends and everyone applauds because it's over. Yep, yep. And Rumpel takes the stage and he's like, excuse me, rich ladies and rich gentlemen. Uh, I've been informed that someone has stolen miss belfry's super special incredibly expensive bracelet obviously she didn't just misplace it obviously none of you rich people took it so we're going to search the peasants who are here in a you know working capacity in order to see who has it hi i'm detective weaver and i'm here to start a class war god i would be so honked off if someone made me pay five hundred and fifty dollars to see my kid perform i know right i might steal victoria's bracelet it's kind of it's kind of great because Jacinda goes up to Rumple and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So she loses a bracelet and suddenly it's on us. Really? Yeah, Jacinda's right. And Rumple's like, "Shut up, or I will show you the backside of my hand." And Henry's like, "What are you talking? Like, back off, dude. Seriously." And Henry intervenes when Weaver is getting heavy with Jacinda, and he gets. He gets hit. Yeah, Rumple elbows him in the face. Like, this all escalated so quickly. And then Rumple is like, turn out your pockets, Mr. Mills. 
and Henry reaches into his pockets and goes, oh no, my keys. <laughs> it's actually, it's pretty great. I do really love Henry. Oh no, it's my keychain. That's a good reason to hit someone in the face. Everyone, all of the rich people look very embarrassed, which is great. Also, how I'm, I think Rumple is a bad, dirty cop. You don't just go in there and start immediately threatening to beat up the help in front of everyone. I just figured out everything. All right. I just figured out everything. Okay. This is going to be so annoying for our listeners who watch season seven because they're either going to be like, no, that's dumb or else. Yeah, we know we already watched season seven. Why are you telling me this? All right. Okay. Sorry, I I cut you off because I figured things out. Please finish your thought and then I will tell you what I figured out. I don't remember what my thought was. Go on. Okay. We go from this scene back to the alley where the two hooks have been fighting. Mm -hmm. And... Old Fat Trunk Hook tells the story about his daughter. She was imprisoned in a tower by a vengeful witch, but they would, like, play chess every day somehow? I don't know. Uh, All right. Male. (laughs) Whatever. Um, So he gives Real Hook a chess piece, a rook, so that Real Hook can find his daughter and give it to her because whatever. Do you think the stepsister is actually Hook's daughter? No. Victoria is. Because you know what another name for a rook is? What? The tower. Like like a belfry. Oh. And his daughter and his daughter was Rapunzel, trapped in a tower. Yeah, we did get spoiled by that when we were looking for her uh That's why they had such a weird moment when he got there. I thought he I thought she implied that they slept together. She implied they had a history. Okay. So by the way, spoilers, I guess that she's Rapunzel. We were trying to look up her curse name last episode, and the wiki was like, oh, were you talking about Rapunzel? Oh, wait, actually, that can't work, because he's looking for his daughter. He knows where Victoria is. He he went to her to do the curse thing. So never mind. My theory was completely wrong. Cut this. Wait, you know what? No, don't cut it. They need to know. They need to know. All right. Okay. Sorry, where were we? Yeah, Hook is in the chess piece and is like, ah, I was her tower and she was my knight. And we were like, father and daughter. Chess people. But then my heart was poisoned slash cursed, so I couldn't save her. And he couldn't feel love anymore. His heart was hardened to love. So he could never find true love to cure his hardened heart. Because he couldn't feel love. but I don't think it says that. Yeah, that's what's going on. Do we need to watch this scene? Yeah. Like, do we need to actually watch the scene? Me about your daughter. A vengeful witch. Trapped her in prison. Every day I'd sneak in. To play chess with her. When I was discovered. I punished. My heart was poisoned. Cursed. So I could never... Killian? Who's that? 
Yeah, I interpreted that as he couldn't feel true love. His heart was poisoned, cursed, so that he could never save her. Yeah, he could never save her. Because his heart was poisoned? Why would him not being able to feel love stop him from rescuing her? Why is his, why is his heart being poisoned keeping him from rescuing her? If he couldn't feel love, why would he care that she was trapped in a tower? Okay, I think we had two different interpretations of what Hook says. So, Hook says that his daughter was imprisoned in a tower by a witch. He used to play chess with her, blah, 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 uh, until he was caught. Uh, Then his heart was poisoned, cursed, uh, so that he could never rescue her. Save her. I, I don't... I really don't see how that would mean it was poisoned so that he couldn't feel love. I, I don't get where what the correlation is there. Well, I mean, how is his heart being poisoned preventing him from saving her? Uh, I don't know. I don't... A, being cursed and being poisoned are two very different things. We know that. And we know that true love's kiss fixes one but not the other. And then he says that he knew that the solution was true love's kiss... Which makes me think that it was cursed, not actually poisoned. Which makes me think that when he says it was poisoned, he means the way that, like, you become emotionally poisoned against something. Like, he could not feel love anymore. And it's like when Cora had her heart ripped out. Like, she still loved her daughter and wanted to do what was right for her daughter in the way that she saw it as what was right. But at the end of the day, she couldn't really feel emotions. She couldn't really feel love until her heart was shoved back into her chest. But the heart had been cursed, so then she died. I just, I really don't see that at all i don't think a i don't think there's enough text for us to be able to adequately defend either one of our positions here yeah i don't think either really works but the point is hook thought that true love's kiss was the answer but also how would his heart being cursed slash poison stop him from rescuing her saving her whatever no no i'm emphasizing saving her because i think there was definitely more to that well, I mean, if she was being turned evil from being in the... Yes! Uh, again, I don't think we have enough information to properly dissect this. This show is sucking us into caring about Hook's story. What is this show doing to us? I think the Hook... I think that they just set up a point that we could argue over having vague, vaguely different interpretations of. Fair enough. I... I you're right. I don't think we're gonna... I don't think we're gonna have an answer... I don't think we're going to come to an answer talking about it. I think we're going to have to wait till the show tells us some more information. Which is probably going to be bullshit anyway, because we should know better by now about reading too much into stuff in this show. I know, it's true. It's like I'm parsing the difference between save her and rescue her when the show has set up clear differences between cursed and poisoned and Hook just used the two interchangeably. So... For whatever reason, he thought true love's kiss would help him, but he could not find his true love. But since Emma is real Hook's true love, maybe if she kisses him, that will count. It'll count as true love. Fine. Okay. And then real Hook decides he's gonna hot wife Emma. Hot wife? Yeah, it's a sexual kink where you get off on other men having sex with your wife. Not because you are into being cuckolded, but because you're into how hot your wife is called hot wifing they couldn't think of anything better than that <laughs> no you know why because they're busy no because they're too busy having so much sex 
people have too much free time. Well, I mean, not if they hot wife, because then it's, it's, it's very hard on your schedule. Fine, whatever. People can do whatever they want. I don't care. As long as it's not hurting anyone, I shouldn't judge. I read comic books. I can't judge other people for having weird things or whatever. So Hook's like, hey, Emma, I need you to come here and use your magic to heal this alternate reality version of me who I stabbed. And she's like, I'm not sure my magic's going to work in this realm, which you haven't tried any yet. Right? Like, would it hurt to try? She's like, yeah, Real Hook's like, look into his eyes and think about how much you love me. And then reach deep into your soul and like pull out the kernel of what our relationship means to you. And then use that power to stop him from dying and... I just it was a lot of drama for what's basically like the first spell we've ever seen Emma cast. Also, like this is a very easy spell for Emma and everybody's having a lot of emotions. I'm just it's I guess you need to feel love to heal someone. I don't even know if that's true. Magic comes from emotions. We do know that. I mean I'm sure not wanting someone to die would be enough to... No, no, we do know that magic has to come from love. Like, we have we have definitely seen that before. It's just, like I said, a lot of drama for a very basic healing spell. Like, like there was a lot... They, they had a lot of buildup before Emma cast Cure Light Wounds. That's all I'm saying. So... We cut to outside of the recital where Hook is about to drop the bracelet down a storm drain. Okay, it's still worth money. Apparently enough to pay several months worth of rent. In Seattle. So, Rumpel's like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you have a moral core because that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever, Weaver. <laughs> yeah. Everything's going according to plan. You know, you can just say that after anything happens to make it seem like you didn't just get fucked over. Right? So, he goes to see Ms. Belfry, and Ms. Belfry's like, You couldn't even accomplish a very simple task of getting a man to leave a three-block radius. And he's like, You know I don't work for you, right? Okay, she actually says you couldn't even pull off a simple task of basic police work, which... None of this is what the police are supposed to be doing, Victoria. Seriously. But I do love how he's like, you know I don't work for you, right? You're just some lady. You're very rich and occasionally our goals align, but this isn't a you own the police situation. I do whatever I want. Fuck you. And then he leaves. And Victoria's just sitting there drinking in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Back inside the recital... Back inside the recital, Jacinda is having a talk with Henry because she knows that Lucy told Henry that she's Cinderella, but she doesn't want Henry to think that she is some helpless damsel. I do like that she points out she's like, I don't like that that's how Lucy sees me. I don't like that Lucy sees me as someone who needs saving. I completely appreciate that, but I have to say, I guess within the cursed world of Hyperion Heights... No one knows about the deconstruction of fairy tale tropes that has basically become super common in the last 50 years. Yeah. This princess saves herself has been a thing for a long time. 
it's like superheroes, you know, where it's almost more subversive at this point to have a superhero who genuinely has, as Weaver would say, a moral core. Yeah. Than to have one that, quote unquote, subverts the superhero genre. Well, it's all, have you been following the Ian McEwan thing at all? I was, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Except that's even worse, where he was saying, oh, maybe science fiction should, like, talk about what it is that makes a person human instead of just being about starships. Jet boots. And it's like, dude, as somebody on Twitter pointed out, the very first science fiction story is Frankenstein, a story about what makes a person human. So... Well, he said his thing was an anti-Frankenstein story because... His was about AI being human, not inherently being monstrous, which makes me think that he missed the point of Frankenstein. I mean... Which is, if you make a human out of... If you create a human, maybe don't leave him in a basement for several months. It, I I just I don't know what to say to somebody who misses the point of a story so fundamentally and then claims that their story is a take on that story. Well, his whole thing was, I mean... The weird thing is, I haven't seen anything not on Twitter taking him to task for this, because you know he's a literary he's a literature person. He's so. a literary author. Yes, he's a literary author, which I know we already talked about friends from college, but it's all that. It's the whole thing where I don't. There's a certain level of literary criticism which I hate, and it also applies to art stuff because it's not about actually expressing ideas it's about pretension and i know oh that's so pretentious is just the standard way of devaluing deep thought about certain things okay uh, is just the standard way of devaluing deep thought in general but honest to god when you go in when you say i have no experience with this genre because it's a trash genre but I'm going to borrow from it to create actual art. And then you come up with an idea that has been discussed in literally every other sci-fi story ever. You are a pretentious dickwad. Well, it's almost a form of solipsism, right? It's thinking that you have a kind of consciousness and introspection that you don't ascribe to other people, yeah. to other writers. Which, it just bothers me so much that he's acting like this is this new clever thing that he's doing because he's a sophisticated man which is i don't want to get into it my point was fairy tales have been being deconstructed for a long time i don't blame jacinda for not being familiar with them though i think less people i think most people don't think about fairy tales as much as we do okay that's a good point i'm just saying jacinda can both be cinderella and save herself without that being a radical act which we know is in fact the case I think the vast majority of people, I mean, I know in not so much in the circles we run in, but I think a lot of people just, their experiences with fairy tales begin and end with seeing some Disney movies when they were kids. Okay, but even Disney is, but even, even the Disney model has changed. Yeah, I, but they I wouldn't mean, be familiar with when's it. When's the last time a woman in Disney had to be saved by a man? Aladdin? Let me think. I mean, you could argue Atlantis. You could, but then you'd have to talk about Atlantis, and who wants to do that? 
Atlantis has this weird underground fandom, which I don't really get. You're right. I was being unfair. It's a story about a white guy who comes in and solves this ancient civilization's problems because he understands their culture better than they do. Also, Milo gets so many people killed. Atlantis bothers me. Like, Milo gets several hundred people killed, but it's okay because all the comic relief characters lived. So. Yeah. Oh, Atlantis. Okay, yeah. I mean, okay, you're right. Atlantis. But other than that very strange aberration of a movie, you know, Beauty and the Beast, you don't have beauty being saved by a man. Tangled. Um... Okay, but you don't have Rapunzel isn't saved by Flynn entangled. Yeah, yeah, she is. She, he takes the sword for her and he shoves Mother Gotha out the window. That's true. Okay, I guess Flynn does save Rapunzel, but and he's the one who gets her out of the tower in the first place. She's she got herself out of the tower. He's the one who made her want to leave. That's a fine distinction. I I know. But that is what happened. In fact, the whole point is that when he showed up, she's up, she's perfectly capable of taking care of herself. Yeah, because she's a crazy person. Yes, because she's spent her entire life basically just building skills because she's been trapped in a very small space with nothing but books. Yes, but I think it's pretty notable that at the end she... Yeah, okay. You know... Okay, I'll give you Tangled. Yeah, I mean, I think Tangled's probably the last Disney movie where that's a thing. But... Yeah, and you know what? I do still really love Tangled, no, but I, I'm I gotta not... give it to you, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, Tangled is a good movie, and Rapunzel is a good character in that movie. But I can see someone who has just a really loose association with fairy tale media immediately assuming, okay... She sees me as Cinderella, that means she thinks that I'm helpless and need saving. And Cinderella is probably the least, let's say, reformed princess of all the princesses? She's the least active in her own... Oh, I meant she's the least who's been... She's the princess who's been the least reinvented over the years. Mm. Not counting Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. I was thinking, I was excluding that in my head. But even that is like, it's not really about Cinderella being active. It's about awesome time travel. Oh, you haven't seen Cinderella 3 Twist in Time. Oh, does she get very active in that movie? She punches people. Okay. You know, so we should watch that. We should. Should we make that a stretch goal on our Patreon? Yeah. Okay. That'll be one of our... Yes, uh, in the next few weeks since we met our first stretch goal and we did, since we met our first stretch goal and we talked about the Descendants. For like three hours. It was awesome. That will be going up shortly, but yeah, I think I should make our next, stre- I, but yeah, I think we should set another stretch goal to do, to talk about Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, because you're right, I have not seen it. It is a Disney fairy tale and as longtime listeners to this podcast know, I do love a good time travel story. What do you think about just time travel stories? I hate a bad time travel story because I have strong emotions about time travel stories. Do you mind spoilers for that movie? Wait, are you nervous because you think it's a bad time travel story? I don't think it's a bad time travel story. It's just, they overwrite, they just straight up overwrite the original timeline. That's okay. Like, they don't return to it. It's just the events of the movie happen. And 
at the end the fairy godmother's like do you want me to restore the original timeline and they're like what are you talking about she's like you know what never mind this is fine oh see that's not what makes a time travel story bad for me uh sorry listeners retroactive spoiler alert for cinderella 3 a twist in time (laughs) that's not what makes a time travel story bad for me what makes a story travel what makes a time travel story bad to me is inconsistent internal rules ah no they only go back once so okay once upon a time so once upon a time so jacinda tells henry that uh she doesn't like that her daughter sees her as cinderella but maybe she needs to learn that it's okay to accept help from other people and he's like it doesn't make you less and he's like it doesn't make you less strong or independent to need help from other people it's what a community is weren't you listening to ronnie's super long speech last week it's amazing how they managed to make that point in like a three second exchange okay so now i'm just imagining because the speech was laid over a montage of what everyone else was doing now i'm imagining that that speech was playing on like loudspeakers throughout (laughs) the town so that everyone was listening to it last week but they managed to make the point uh I, I like being independent. I'm afraid of relying on other people. You can be independent and rely on other people. It's good to make other people's lives easier. That's part of being a community. There so, you go. Uh, now, now, unfortunately, we have to admit that Once Upon a Time has a, what is it, like a, a socialist agenda now? It's okay to help other people out. Yep, yep. Socialist propaganda. I'm here for it. <laughs> Back in fairy tale land, Emma and Henry are saying their goodbyes. Henry talks about how he wants to go back with them, but he also really feels like he hasn't found himself yet. Yeah, before he goes home, he wants to see how this whole boning Cinderella thing pans out. And Emma's like, I just, I miss you a lot. And he's like, I miss you too, but I need to be an adult person with my own life now that's separate a little bit i mean it's nice to see that story play out the idea of having to go off and be an adult and what it means to write your own story after being part of a very different story for your entire life that's it's an interesting theme to cover and uh emma's like just try to come home okay I'm, i'm 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 gonna miss you then then hook real hook and old drunk hook come back and i was like you know what why don't you take my extra hook i don't really need two hooks bumming around my house not doing anything like yep i yep old drunk hook and henry are gonna team up and they're gonna strengthen each other you know because henry always knows the right thing to do in a given situation and hook is also there so he's the brains and you're the, I'm going to say, dead weight. <laughs> he's the brains. I really thought you were going to say what I am. No. Nope. <laughs> but really, Emma says, because everyone could use a pirate. And I'm like, what? <laughs> don't don't be cutesy. Yeah, don't be cute, Emma. Also gross. It makes it sound like you're trying to. <laughs> it makes it sound like you're trying to hook up your kid with an alternate reality version of your husband. Oh my god! I just realized that that would make sense because Hook already hooked up with Neil's mom. Then he hooked up with Emma. It would make sense for alternate reality Hook to hook up with Henry. Plus, he hooked up with David. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like... Oh, are you saying he's trying to bang every generation in this family? Yes, I'm saying, like, Hook doesn't age, so he just keeps banging every generation. Like that movie, Age of Adelaide. Or that SNL sketch about Peter Pan. Didn't see it, but yes, exactly like that. Or, like, the actual story of Peter Pan. Mm. Which makes sense, because Henry's related to Peter Pan, and stories repeat themselves. Oh, God. Don't sleep with an alternate reality version of your stepdad, Henry. I mean, do what you want. I'm not the boss of you. Oh, is it incest, though? No. No. Once Upon a Time, much like Star Wars, goes right up to the line of incest and then pulls back. So Henry goes to have his sad fairy tale goodbyes with Regina and he's like, you know, you can just stay here and help me adventure, right? Like... I'm a well-adjusted guy. I really don't have any issues adventuring with my mom. And she's like, yeah, I mean, I really hate being the mayor, apparently, so. Yeah, I mean, who wants to be the... Yeah, I mean, she was going to be the mayor of a town where she was torturing people, and now everyone's happy. Yeah, like, it must suck being the only person who doesn't have a mystically powered happy ending. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? I think her happy ending would be going on adventures with Henry, so that's fine. Yeah. She's going to go on adventures with Henry, and they are going to have their own operation, which he calls Operation Next Chapter. You're already doing Operation Glass Slipper. Listeners, I want you to have some insight about what it's like in our house. We were watching this episode, and when he said Operation Next Chapter, Max and I simultaneously shouted at the TV... It's already called Operation Glass Slipper, which was very thoughtless of us because we have a roommate and it was like midnight. Yeah. We could not contain our rage. It was real loud. Felt kind of bad. Uh, I'm sure Katie's fine with it. It's It was a weekend. So, is Henry a mama's boy? I mean, yes, but it's okay because his moms are super cool. Yeah. So everyone has their so everyone has their sad fairy tale goodbye. Uh, I mean, including Emma and Regina. Including Emma and Regina. Hook opens. I guess they just have magic beans all willy nilly now because Hook opens another portal. So I know that Regina burned down the field of beanstalks that Tiny was growing, but maybe he sal. But I think we knew that he salvaged some beans, so maybe they have another field of them now. Sure, why not? It's like Stargate Atlantis. See, in early seasons of Stargate Atlantis, they didn't have enough power to run the Stargate between galaxies, so they were just stuck in Atlantis unless something really, really important happened. Unless something really, really special happened that would allow them to travel home. But then, by the end, they had a ZPM, and they could just, like, operate it all day long. That's how it is with the Magic Beans. Okay. No. Those words meant nothing to you. I got the gist of it. All right. It's like a balloon and then something bad <laughs> happens. Okay, so the reason I got into Stargate is because I love Farscape. Mm-hmm. And several Farscape actors switched over to Stargate when Farscape ended, so I had to, I had to go. And I know you're not into Farscape yet, but I am going to turn you into a sci-fi fan eventually. Okay. Because you're going to love Farscape. And then you're going to be like, okay, I guess I'll watch Stargate. Because I miss John and Aaron. It will happen, trust me. Okay. 
so we go back to the present day, allegedly, maybe, possibly. Hyperion Heights. Where Detective Rogers is given has given Henry a list of all of the cemeteries in Seattle so he can spend his time looking for his dead wife and child in them. Okay, so I just need to know, are there any fan fictions that are just Henry going to all of the cemeteries trying to find his wife and daughter and then running into Buffy? There must be, right? I don't know. I don't know if Buffy ever leaves California. I know the at the end, the whole point is that she's free and she can do whatever she wants. But the last time she was free and could do whatever she wants, she went to L.A. <laughs> Fair enough. So. Then Hook, this Hook, Detective Rogers, I guess, tells Henry his curse backstory. Why he's got such a boner for the Emma and Henry's book. Because when he was a rookie cop, he was looking for a missing girl, much like Hook is, much like alternate Hook is looking for his missing daughter. He was looking for a missing girl when he went down the wrong alley and got shanked. Shot. 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 No, this is actually important that you accidentally said stabbed because, I'm sorry, continue. So he got shot. And a mysterious woman who looked exactly like the illustration in Henry's book held her hand over the wound and said, If you believe this works, you won't bleed out, I guess. And then he didn't. And that woman looked exactly like the woman from your book. And he vowed that he would find that missing girl after this woman from his book saved him. So I have to say... Whoever cast this curse, who we assume is Victoria, but maybe not, mm -hmm. is not capable of creating new memories. She can only do AUs. Yeah, like, all of these people have memories that are, like, really a lot closer to their curse memories than anyone in the original curse. I guess that's because the people in the original curse didn't really have backstories so much as just roles in the town. All right, I guess that's fair. But, like, I'm Henry, and my backstory is that I'm separated from my wife and child. I'm Hook, and my backstory is that I was separated for a child I was looking for, and also this mysterious woman. Literally, it's the same story. Okay, new theory. You ready for my new theory? Okay. This isn't a cursed town. This is an alternate reality. And they're going to coincide with each other. That it's... The stuff that's... Okay, new theory. The stuff that we're seeing in the fairy tale flashbacks is happening in present day and they're all going to come together, which is going to be a nightmare because we've already seen how bad they are at doubling. But new theory. That is my current theory. I'm holding on to it. So this is just like another realm where the deal is it's Seattle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I... Don't think that's terribly likely, but God knows the show has thrown weirder stuff at us. I'm going to hang on to that theory until it's proven wrong or right. And then you're going to be like, wow, good job with your theory. Because yes. it's going to be right. I will definitely, I will be very impressed if that is correct. All right. I hope that didn't come off condescending. No. I, I will be legitimately really impressed if that's what. Uh... Adding to my theory that this is an alternate reality and not... And not the future of the flashbacks. 
Ronnie and Hook and Ronnie and Hook and Henry decide that the three of them are going to team up. Yep, and they all toast their newfound partnership. Ronnie's goals don't really seem that in line with theirs. Yeah, so their goals, by the way, are Hook's going to find the missing girl. Henry's going to write about it. This is basically going to be his in cold blood. Mm -hmm. And Regina will be the person who makes up for how incompetent Hook is. I was going to say she'll be the competent one, but Henry's already competent. So it's just like, she'll be the buoy that lifts up Hook's dead weight. Well, I think her involvement in in it is that... Like, a lot of this is they think that there's a police-based cover-up because, obviously, Weaver is doing all sorts of shady shit, and obviously, Belfry's involved, so Ronnie's going to help them out to fi- is going to help them out by finding information so they can take down uh, Weaver and Belfry and stop gentrification that way, I guess. Well, of course, her their goals are aligned in that they all hate Victoria. Yeah. So, that's everything that happened in this episode and then a lot more yep so let's talk about recommendations so my recommendation is so tangentially related to this episode but it's so good so my recommendation is the short-lived sitcom party down which is a rob thomas sitcom which is weird because rob thomas's other shows are veronica mars and i zombie this is not a supernatural thriller or a detective story. It's about cater waiters, but it is very good and it has many Rob Thomas verse actors in it. Yes. Which is weird because, you know, who else shows up in a you know who else shows up in iZombie? Rob Thomas? A lot of once upon a time actors. Oh, yeah, that's true. That is true. Tinkerbell is Liv Moore, the zombie coroner, detective lady. And Dr. Frankenstein is, of course, Blaine, the corpse-eating corpse-dealer. Oh my god, I love Blaine so much. I, I forgot about Blaine, I didn't know you were going to mention him. <laughs> yeah. But the main reason I bring up this as my recommendation is because this episode had cater waiters in it. Henry, for, Henry wants to know, are we having fun yet? Are we having fun? fun yet also i mean just watch party down it's good and it's all on hulu right now and jacinda is kind of like what's her face main girl you remember the main girl from that oh yeah yeah she's yeah she's kind yeah jacinda is kind of like yeah i can see that yeah yeah uh so i feel like this is sort of the end of fashion corner you know i think i think so i mean this episode had this episode prominently featured Vans and Weaver's all denim outfit. So let's uh let's go ahead and proclaim this the end of Fashion Corner. I mean, I'm inherently a bad person because I do like the aesthetic of denim on denim on denim. But uh yeah, I think that's about it. So that'll do it for this week. I do want to do something else though. Oh, okay. I mean it's not a huge thing. I just since we are going in blind I want to give both our listeners and us a little preview of what we have coming up next. Oh, God. What's the next episode? Okay. And I will, we'll just do that every week. So the next episode is episode three, The Garden of Forking Paths. And the episode description is Ronnie and Jacinda rally the locals to save the community garden. And Cinderella joins the resistance against Lady Tremaine. Huh. 
Huh. I I thought you were going to a good place place there with forking paths. <laughs> that it has ruined the word forking for me. I totally went this to the same place. Yeah. So that'll about do it for this week. I think so, yes. This show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, you could head over to our website, www.ilovetelevisionzines.com, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Mara Cruz, and Rosa. If you'd like to support us in other ways, you can always rate and review us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. Uh, we can also be contacted at I love television zines at gmail.com or uh, I love TV zines on Twitter. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Storybrooke. <laughs>